Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365. Hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And good morning, Birds Insiders. Appreciate you up and at it as early as we are here on Birds 365. You got your Mac and Mac guys, uh, Jody McDonald, with my partner, John McBowen, <coughs> ready to talk Eagles football with you for the next couple hours. Uh, J-Mac, we kind of speculated yesterday the all-important cut from <laughs> 90 down to 85 that may just shape the fates and fortunes of the Eagles season. All right, maybe not. We're just kidding here. Um, but they did cut three more guys. No great surprises. When you heard the name, what was the first thing you thought? 
Uh, first thing I thought was everybody was waived injured. Uh, so that led me to believe the decision was, okay, if you can't help us get through the preseason game on Sunday, uh, we're going to move on from you early. They just want bodies for that preseason game after the starters get their work um, in in practice and the joint practices with Cleveland. So, you know, I don't I don't necessarily think it was okay. Who was the worst players as much as who was the healthiest at the back end of the roster? And we're going to keep the healthiest. Agree on all fronts. Um, and much like uh, the player that the Eagles had previously cut, when you're released with an injury designation, if no one claimed you, then you can bring them back onto your roster on the injured list, so you can expand past the the normal numbers which is playing kind of a roster loophole game, which is is within the rules, so more power to them. If that's the case, uh, are there any guys that of the three, uh, uh, Lenore, uh, Maiden, and uh, who am I missing? Jimmy uh, Moreland. Um, do you think any of the three will be those type of players where the Eagles will keep around, or do you think there'll be a settlement and uh, those guys will eventually be given their outright release? Uh, no, settlement for each. In fact, yesterday, a uh, Carrick Wheatball, who was waived, injured a couple of days before to make room for uh, DeAndre Torrey. You remember when the Eagles brought in the, the running back, uh, he was actually released off IR after he cleared waivers with an injury settlement. So these three guys are more in the Carrick wheat ball category than the Noah Ellis category, who was the guy who, you know, was on the non-football injury list and the Eagles got him through waivers and they seem to be keeping him. Um, it's still early in the process. I mean, they could still be working on a settlement, but it, you, you know, typically in these types of situations, remember for the Eagles, if they wanted any of these players, they're done. They're done for the year. When you're placed on injured reserve in the preseason, that's it. You're done. Um, so it's not like they can come back at some point where if you make the 53 and and then you put somebody on injured reserve, then you have all those liberalized rules where guys can come back after four games and it's a lot easier than it used to be. Um, these guys would be completely out for the year so this this will be injury settlements abounding for these particular guys and you know maybe you pay them for a couple more weeks and that type of thing two things <laughs> on that front number one for any eagle fans who are out there wondering oh how does this affect their salary cap situation doesn't because of the top 51 rule none of these players are in the top 51 so it's just a couple extra bucks out of Jeff Lori's pocket and in case you didn't know Jeff Lori and all Philadelphia Eagle owners uh, all 31 of the other owners of the NFL teams doing okay they, they, no one's going to have to start a GoFundMe page tell well, Jeff they Lurie. might they might still want to start it but yeah they're doing they're going to be fine yeah, yeah the, rich people it, like money but that's don't, another conversation. Don't really need to give Jeff a helping hand there. He'll be all right uh, to write those checks. Um, is there, this is a roster question I should know, but I don't, so I turn to my expert. Is there a max number of guys that you can actually have on the IR before the season starts, uh, or you, can you just happen to load up on them, luck of the draw, whatever you 
get him through and you do like the player and you want to just have him around for next year, even though we know, as you just explained, they're done for this season. Is there a max number you can put on that list? No. Um, it's, you know, if you have a bunch of injuries, you can put as many players as you want. Uh, but you do have to, you know, there, there are rules as far as stashing, player stashing, which used to be a bigger thing. In, in a different generation, George Allen, for those who go way back, was famous for it uh, with the Washington at the time, a name we cannot say anymore. We can, but you get the point. Uh, he was he was famous for that, stashing guys. Um, you, you do have to have sort of medical, um, uh, the, the, the backing, you got to prove if somebody's on, you know, you can't say, oh, Grant Cal- Calcaterra is a strained hamstring. We want to put him on injured reserve and stash him for the whole year. You can't get away with that kind of stuff anymore. It's got to be a legitimate season-ending injury. So there is no limit, but it's got to be legitimate. And uh, you get the doctors who uh, – but you, then again, I, I, I think you're being kind to the NFL. If you don't think it goes on in part – and you're kidding yourself. There are still some guys who uh, wink, wink, nod, nod, get through that process and end up spending an entire year. Even if uh, they could come back at some point, uh, they agree. It really shows up later in the season. You know, if, 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 if you, you know, got somebody on the bottom end of your roster and he has, you know, a sprained ankle or something, and you know you got six weeks left. It's obviously not going to be a six week. You can get away with stuff like that, but you know, with, and Calcaterra is probably a great uh, example because you know it's a hamstring. He's already been out for you know what a, month. Uh, a, a long time. It seems um, that that would be a tough sell. So there is a lot of gray area, no doubt about that. But the Eagles cut down their three guys yesterday, so they are at 85. They're taking all 85. Where is anybody staying home? I shouldn't say that. Uh, there might be guys who are injured. Um, they got a well, the injury list. I mean, I got a it's pretty deep, but no, I don't, I don't think. Uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, I don't know. Are they going to take Jason Kelsey? Maybe I should have asked that. I, I don't know if he wants to go, if he wants to stay home, they'll probably keep him at home it's probably right, up to didn't, him. didn't nick say the other day that he likes the joint practices on the road because they travel as a team stay in a hotel that yeah. whole bonding thing he was uh trying to sell the other day yeah uh, does chase and kelsey really need that no well there are there are certain players above and he's one of those players they they'll, they'll leave it up to him i would imagine uh the other guys you know all the injuries they're all out there watching practice for the most part. Although I haven't seen Javon Hargrave out there. He's got a toe injury. Um, I might've, I might've missed him. So there's a couple guys, but I mean, yeah, Kelsey would be, I, I would think they would leave it up to J- Jason. Do you want to come? Do you not want to come? And knowing Jason will probably want to go. So um, I don't think it's that big of a deal, but I mean, I mean, most of uh, James Bradbury left practice yesterday, which was a little concerning. But then, you know, he came out of the injury tent and he watched the rest of practice. He didn't go back in. But if it were serious, they wouldn't let him watch the rest of the practice. So not concerned about that at all. Um, they're pretty healthy uh, just for the 
you know, guys who are dealing with some soft tissue injuries that they're being cautious about. Um, the good news is they haven't had um, serious injuries and, you know, they'll trump that up as, Hey, we, we, we game the system, Jody. Yeah. We game the system. Uh, so far, so good. We'll see if it lasts. We still have two more preseason games uh, and four joint practices to go. And, oh, my God, the other team will actually be trying to hit you, Coach Sirianni, if injuries abound. Well, I guess that would also kind of make his point that, yeah, if you're going to play real football, you could really get hurt. Yeah. Uh, speaking of getting hurt, one that I thought was pretty significant coming out of camp uh, last couple of days is Miles Sanders. Uh, hurt again. How many times have we said it about the Eagles' most talented running back? His biggest ability is his availability, and it's not always there. Something always seems to crop up that takes Miles out of the mix. Uh, where he sits right now, where we sit 20-some-odd days before the first regular season game in Detroit against the Lions, uh, give me Miles' overall status as a guy who, yeah, always seems to get hurt. And the Eagles at the running back position, not a position of great depth here. When I say depth, I mean uh, just that 85 guys. You can have guys that are in camp, going to be able to play Huntley as many carries as he got in the first preseason game. Are the Eagles right now st staffed well enough at the running back position in your eyes? I don't think they are. Um, and uh, that's one of the positions where I think you might see something via whether it's trade or, or waiver wire when things get cut to 53. I, I find it very hard to believe they're only going to keep three, uh, uh, you know, just from, as you mentioned, Miles has a history. You got to be, you got to be aware of it. Yep. And he's already got a hamstring and you're going to try to get through 17 games with three backs. And Oh, by the way, Kenny Gainwell has not been impressive in this camp at all. So for those assuming he's going to push Miles Sanders ain't happening. Um, I'm interested to see if they, they keep going down the road of he's the hurry up back. He's the third down back at all times because Miles caught the football in, in the opener. Now, granted, it doesn't mean anything, but he caught it and that's an, an improvement. And he's just a more dynamic player when he's out there. Um, so I'm I'm interested to see how that shakes out. And and Boston Scott's back from the concussion. I'm not as concerned with that. Still limited as he goes through the protocol, but he'll be fine. Um, and he's a good player, and he's somebody you can count on um, as a backup. But yeah, I mean, I and and I don't even I'm I'm not even concerned from a a goal line standpoint, other than. You know, if, if it pops up like it did last year and you have to play Gardner Minshew a game or two, then you need a goal line back. You need a short yardage back. You you, you know, what if Jalen Hurts isn't there? When he's there, yeah. I'm not concerned with it. But when he's not there, that's a big issue for this team. So I they could use a Jordan Howard type player. I, I don't think they want Jordan Howard. I think that's evident. But there's plenty of 225-pound packs out there, uh, and they should be able to find one that's better than what they have. <laughs> it's it's funny. You beat me to the to the point with Jordan Howard. 
he's had workouts with several different teams this offseason. I know the Raiders were one of them. I think Pittsburgh. I think he came in and worked out with Pittsburgh. Didn't sign with either one, so he's still sitting out there. You say that, well, it's pretty evident that the Eagles don't want Jordan Howard. Didn't we say the same thing last year? And then all of a sudden they reached out to Jordan Howard. They signed him. He's on the roster. He's carrying the football, and he's making plays for the Eagles. So I'm not yeah, going but, down well, the road yet. And, of Jordan Howard is out of the mix. Well, it, it, they they signed him. I'm I'm going to try to look it up real quick here. Last year, uh, they signed him. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, I can't find it. I'll have to work in the break. But they signed him late. But they signed him in the off season. I mean, they didn't sign him in training camp. They didn't sign him in season. He was part of this team uh, throughout from day the one enti- of camp. I thought it was. A oh, camp yeah. Signing. No, he was here from day one of camp. He was here the entire time and he was on the practice squad. That's what happened because they had they changed the rules of the practice squad. Right. No, where I knew that. you could have bets on the practice squad. And then he got elevated when they needed him after Miles Sanders got hurt. But he was here the entire time. He maybe was, it was here. after maybe it was after spring practice. Uh, you're thinking, you're thinking of, of yeah, it was after spring, but um, you're probably thinking of when he left for Miami, and then they brought him back. If he was terrible no, in Miami no, the year I'm before, thinking, I'm thinking of last year, and uh, you, you'll find the exact date. But uh, yeah, I thought it was, I thought they'd already arrived at camp when they decided to reach out and re-sign him. But if you tell me it was before that, uh, I'll believe you. Uh, but see if you can find out that exact date. Uh, yeah. So we are we are further along than they were last year. Um, but they're also, I think, a little shorter at the running back position this year than they were last year. Well, they year. definitely are because they don't have that uh, big back presence. And uh, they need it, uh, to be honest. And uh, it's, I you know, Kennedy Brooks is... I, I don't think Jason Huntley did much to help his cause against the Jets. Uh, I, I don't know if, if other people saw it in a different way. Maybe his ability as a kickoff returner helps a little bit. Um, I'm trying to look it up as I'm talking. Joe. April 7th is when the Eagles signed Jordan okay. Howard. And yeah, same so day as they signed Eric Wilson, April 7th. Oh, really? Yeah, so pretty pretty early in the process, actually. Uh, they re-signed him to a one-year deal. So he was here for spring work and training camp, and then he got put on the practice squad. So it is a lot different this year. Yeah, I um, knew he got elevated from the practice squad, but I, I, I actually thought it was like a July signing. You're telling me it was April. And, yes, Boston Scott has been become the forgotten guy, but he that was the same position he was in last year. Because, yeah, I remember in camp, uh, people going, well, Howard's going to be ahead of Boston Scott. And then Boston Scott had as good as productive a season, even more so down by the goal line. And for Boston Scott, you can basically put him in mothballs until the end of the season. Because, you know, yeah, he's got to play nice... the two games against the Giants. That's all he does. He scored touchdowns against the Giants, but they don't play the Giants till week 14 or week 18. So, it, Boston, it... please don't get hurt between now and then. It's a nice luxury to have Boston Scott because, you know, he, he, he is, you know, I compare him to a utility player in baseball and everybody's like, well, utility players, you know, and maybe not in a new era, but in our era, Jody, in baseball, there was, there was sort of a, 
uh, uh, you know, that was an ability. You know, certain guys can't – you can't play certain guys once a week. They lose – they can't come off the bench and they can't they can't do it. And it's just they might have more talent, but they can't deal with not playing all the time and get into a rhythm. There's There's a – there's something to say that's a legitimate trait and Boston Scott has proven uh, to be good at it. And the fact that, yeah, they can just break the glass and here comes Boston. Usually it's against the giants, but um, it, you know, he's, I, I, I'm not as concerned about, I'm more concerned about Kenny Gamewell because I do not think he's had a good camp. And I think a lot of people just penciled him in, and said he's a good player, and he's going to be this, and he's going to be that. Maybe it's the case, but I I could see the Eagles getting a little bit worried uh, because he hasn't been what they thought he was going to be in that jump from year one to year two. Eat John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. That makes this the Macamac Birds 365 show on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Uh, do us a favor if you're watching right now, you've streamed on in, hit the like button. Give give, give your boys a little helping hand here. Um, we appreciate when you do that. Helps out with our algorithm, whatever that means. Uh, we will, via the algorithm, figure out how to get the most out of our next guest. Uh, he's going to be a regular contributor. Uh, Johnny Mac uh, will be doing spots down on his show, down the Jersey Shore. And we're going to get Mike Gill to hop in with us once a week. It is time for our Mike Gill appearance. He joins us next here on Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on that. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears.
a Wednesday edition of Birds 365 with Mac and Mac, Mona McDonald. We are joined by our beach bud uh, from down the shore, the Sports Bash 97.3 ESPN. Mike Gill jumps in with us here on Birds 365. Looks like he got the tan working just fine, or it could be his lighting. I'm not sure which one. How are you, Mr. Gill? Mac and Mac, I'm doing good. It's a uh, another beautiful day down the shore. It's one of those days where it feels like football is close. Yeah, how about the? We are getting close, but even closer for you to to Labor Day, Mike. When you get a, a little breather and maybe you can enjoy that uh, nice weather down the shore. This whole week has felt like a little fall. It's been a little a uh, little extra chill in the air, especially at night. So we're getting ready. Uh, Hoodie season, right? The silly season. Yeah. I don't know how silly it is, but uh, we probably play too close attention to it and uh, dissect it and take it down to its uh, studs every single play that's made practice yeah. preseason game. Well, yeah, preseason should be a little bit more important. We haven't had you on since Jalen Hurts went six for six on his John likes to remind us the perfect quarterback ranking that he put perfect, up. Perfect, baby. He's going to be perfect. able to do that all year, right, Mike? Uh, doesn't matter. Regular season, preseason, joint practices. He's going to complete every pass against another team's opponent all year, correct? I asked John on my show Monday what was more impressive, Hertz on Friday or Sam Bradford against Green Bay going 10 <laughs> for 10 when uh, he was going to be like the MVP of the league. I mean – I think we all know that these games are, you know, I don't know. Hurts probably won't take another snap between now and the the first. I hope so. I want the perfect preseason, Mike. If they sit him, he'll always have that perfect preseason. I'll be bringing up that for years. Wasn't Bradford the same? Did did he play again in the preseason after that, or was that all we saw of him and everybody was all excited? I mean, these preseason games, especially, you know, you think they only play three now, and then there's a week off before the season yeah. starts. So yeah. you're not playing another game in a real snap for almost a month that the last time we would have seen him in a game other than these joint practices. So that six for six night is all you're going to get. So sure, there's probably going to be some extra anticipation when he takes that uh, snap against Detroit in week one. Yeah, uh, I, I think things will get a little bit of clarity with the joint practices just for the real they're they're practicing against two, you know, maybe not people don't look at them as significant contenders, but two pretty talented rosters over the next two weeks. You get to see Miles Garrett, you get to see Nick yeah. Chubb, uh, you get who knows what's going to happen with Sean Watson. Uh, coming down uh, but that offensive line even though they've lost two centers everybody else is really good um, JOK at linebacker is a heck of a player Denzel Ward is back um, you just get a, a nice little temperature uh, taking for the Eagles against uh, a different color so to speak yeah, and these uh, joint practices have kind of become the thing, which is interesting because you can get hurt in a joint practice, I guess, as much as you could yeah, in a preseason right. game. But I guess the whole theory is we can run a third and seven play ten times in a row if we want to and see who our receiver is who's going to get that big third and seven play for us as opposed to a preseason game where in one or two series 
a down and distance that we don't like or that we want to see may never come up. So I guess this is why these uh, practices have kind of replaced these preseason games. But, you know, the hope is, um, as you mentioned, this Cleveland defense is pretty good, that the Eagles offense will get a shot to go up against a defense that does have some talent on it. I guess they're – I don't know. Is Watson going to practice in these things? Uh, they're having settlement talks. That's uh, the NFLPA and the NFL. Uh, so that's evidently heating up. It'll be interesting. I assume even if they settle, he'll be able to practice. But I right. don't I don't know how Cleveland will want to handle it because they have to get Jacoby Brissett ready right. uh, for the regular season. And he probably needs some work. So it is going to be interesting to see how they handle it. Yeah, because that, that would be the one spot where they're a little in flux, I guess. I mean, because they've got – you mentioned the running backs. Their offensive line's pretty good. They've got a couple of weapons – the only unsettling spot for this Cleveland team is really the most – they're very much like the Eagles. The, the most important spot is probably the most unsettling spot. And at least the Eagles have the decision in their own hands. The Browns sure. don't even have that yet. Um, one guy I do want to ask about on the birds, and I th- was thinking about him yesterday, not only because of what he's done in practice all uh, offseason leading up to this game against – and the practice is up against the Browns, but the fact that every time I turned on ESPN yesterday, they were in fantasy mode. Oh. That it was fantasy special. All right, they're yeah. doing a fantasy special. I'll come back later. Marathon. It's it's a marathon. And it says still on. And it's still on. And it's still on. I'm ready to, like, shoot my TV. And every <laughs> time they went to a tight end evaluation and listing, whatever, Dallas kind of doesn't crack the top five, which I don't quite understand. And I sure as hell don't agree with. With the way he's been used here in the preseason and the fact that he and Jalen seem to be on uh, the same page, he could be a top three tight end in the NFL this year. Agree or disagree, Mike Gill? Oh, I'm a big fan of Goddard this year, Jody. I would agree. In fact, I I had it on over my shoulder at one point yesterday, and I saw somebody labeling him as a bust this year. In other words, don't draft him. You're going to be disappointed. Uh, I, I think, you know, when Ertz got traded last year, whatever week that was, right around midseason, eight, nine, somewhere around there, I remember saying, don't be surprised if Goddard finishes with a 1,000 yards this year. And he got damn near close. I think he kind of slowed down towards the end. But if you look at his yards per game, I mean, he had an unbelievable season considering he was sharing targets in the first half of the year. Uh, I think with A.J. Brown, we got a good glimpse of a lot of attention rolling (laughs) with Brown and that opening up the guy that – Hurts probably trusts the most. I mean, he does have a couple drop yeah. issues, but I think you'll see a guy that's open just constantly. I agree with you, Jody. I think that Goddard has a huge role in this offense, and the numbers will be popping off the page where you're going to be talking about top five uh, statistical season for him. And not to mention, he's on the field a lot because he blocks too. Right. Yeah. So they can get him yeah. you know, more snaps. He's not one of those guys that you have to find sub packages to try to find ways to get him the ball. Now, I'll, I'll ask you both this because um, my first assessment, look, uh, I, you know, full disclosure, uh, there is nothing I care less about in life than fantasy football. So uh, when somebody says Dallas Goddard's going to be bust, going to be a bust in a fantasy realm, is that more on Dallas Goddard or the quarterback? In other words, you know, if you're a receiver – you need a vehicle to get you the football. Right. And there are certain guys 
I always use Derek Carr and, and Kirk Cousins as the example. They're good quarterbacks, but they're not, not great quarterbacks. But they're going to put up great numbers. So they're good fantasy people, not only for what they do throwing the football, but who they're going to throw the football to because they're going to get a ton of yardage and a ton of traffic. So when they say that, are they really saying Jalen Hurts isn't good enough to get Dallas Goddard the ball? Well, interestingly enough, that same marathon has Jalen Hurts ranked as the sixth best fantasy quarterback. Well, so right. it, you, know, quick, you, you know how that works. It's because he's going to yeah. pull the ball down yeah. and run with it and score yeah. touchdowns with his legs. Exactly. So it kind of just shows that those rankings are based more on statistical output and, and what kind of offense you're in. If Hurts – look, for me, I, I think that Goddard – is when they drafted him in the second round, you know, you're kind of thinking, well, you have Zach Ertz here. Well, this is the guy that we thought was so talented that we had to have him here. And for a couple of years, they're trying to figure out ways to kind of incorporate him. And while he wasn't a full-time player, you're always kind of like, man, this guy makes plays. Could he actually be better than the best all-time tight end that you've ever had? And it's hard to come to terms with sometimes that the next guy is better than the guy you're watching who helped you win a Super Bowl, was a second-round pick himself, and was a justifiable second-round pick. That was a Chip Kelly pick, I think, by the way. Um, So when you're replacing the guy who's your best, it's hard to imagine that he's better. But Goddard might actually be better than Ertz. I mean, he might have more physical tools, uh, size, speed, blocking ability, than Ertz does. He's definitely more well-rounded. Not to mention – yeah. I don't know that Zach Ertz was going to pinball off that tackle and get into the end zone. No. He was uh, not known for his yards after the catch, if you will. Right. And you got the right read on it, Mike. Uh, if you're just talking about all-around ability, uh, Gertz is uh, going to go by Ertz. Ertz was the better pass catching. Put up the numbers he did. No eagle tight end prior to. Better hands, definitely. Has done anything but. I would not be surprised if Goddard gets into Ertz-like receiving numbers this year. Uh, I'm predicting a a big season for Ertz throwing the football. Uh, The Eagles are going to throw the football if we evidence nothing else in game number one. First drive, zero-one attempts. I think they were kind of making a statement that, yes, the Eagles are here to throw the football this year, which means Goddard's going to get a lot of balls thrown his way. I think he can do what Ertz can do. I think he can be as good a pass catcher, damn close to it, and you add in the ability to block into the mix, that's what makes him a better all-around tight end than Ertz. And they don't really have another guy. John and I talked about this yesterday. Is They don't really have a second guy. At this moment right now, I think that's very up in the air. So you would imagine when John uh, posts the snap counts on a Monday, you're going to see Goddard probably playing, what, 89% of the snaps on offense because they just don't really have – a bona fide second option at this point. So that yeah, makes that him would, even that more might be low, Mike, if he's healthy. That might be low. And um, and on those eleven percent that he's not on the field, some of them are going to be four wide receiver sets where he's not going to yeah. be replaced by a yeah. tight end. He's going to be replaced by a fourth wide receiver. Right. That's where your Zach Pascal gets snaps. And uh, depending on who gets, you know, John, you've explained, I'm sure to the to people um, on Birds 365 here, it's depending on the situation. Do they need a big play? You go with Watkins. Do they need more 
Um, down in distance, you probably go with Zach Pascal. He's, he's we, I think we're seeing that he's a, a very uh, he's been kind of described as like a Jason Avant type of receiver where he just knows where the sticks are. He's not a fast guy, but he can find ways to get open, sure handed. And you know, he turns into one of those guys that the quarterback just trusts in. I always say third and seven is that who's catching the ball on third down and seven? Do you know where the sticks are? And that's a valuable player in this league to just find a little, you know, that I feel like the Eagles have never had that guy who just kind of finds the seam and just sits there, just like finds the open sits and gets the ball there. And then revert Aguilar did it in the Super Bowl year. He was excellent in the slot that year. But other than that, they really have not had that guy who can turn catch and then get back up the field. Yeah. But even during the Super Bowl year, you know, Nelson wasn't, as reliable like if you think of the great slot receivers you want reliability and the eagles have kind of gone that route you mentioned a couple names jason abond jordan matthews the bigger type receivers than the shiftier you know patriots are famous for welkers edelman's that type of receiver Bola, right yeah i think you know that's what people were hoping for a little bit with britain uh covey uh but it's way too early uh, or, you know, to speculate about that. But I, I do think you bring up a good point about reliability in that third and seven. If they're going to double team A.J. Brown, they're going to double team Dallas Goddard because that, that's where you know the Eagles want to go. You know, who would you rather throw the football to, Zach Paschal or Quez Watkins on a third and seven? I'm going Zach Paschal. I'm going to be honest. I mean, I know he's catching the football. Right. And it's, yeah, and it's like Jason Avant wasn't the the most you know a flamboyant guy, but he was very dependable. He caught that ball for you and and made the sticks move. You know, a lot of the times it's can you keep drives going, and you need that sure-handed guy when you're on the other side of the fifty to keep that first downs moving and kind of get the ball up the field. I think like two years ago when they were just awful. You know, they were always playing with horrible down and distances, and they didn't have the guy who could just simply sit in there, catch the ball. And people always talk about, like, you know, the offense doesn't look good. Well, when you're on first down and you're incomplete pass, and now you're second and 10, and you're always playing at bad down and distance, that's a tough way to go. But when you have those guys, that's because Wentz was just so bad at delivering the ball, but he also didn't get a lot of help that year. You had drops constantly. You had guys who just could not get open. This way, hey, first and 10, a little three-yarder, okay, now it's second and seven, all right? You got guys who can catch the ball, like find those little spots on the field, which should be available because of the guys. There's more talent on the field now, which gives the lesser guys space to just catch the ball, which sounds elementary, but they couldn't do it a couple of years ago. Mike, need your take on a guy Johnny and I discussed uh, segment one of the show, and that is Miles Sanders. Uh, we all know Miles' situation, contract year, very motivated. Eagles are going to use him the way they're going to use him, opening game. Threw it to him twice, even though they didn't hand it to him at all. They threw it to him twice in the first uh, possession of the game, and he made both catches. But lo and behold, here he pops up with an injury again yesterday. So his status in these joint practices is very much up in the air. The Eagles seem to lean pretty heavily on this. Uh, they're not deep in the running back position as of right now. Can you put eggs in Miles Sanders' basket and only keep 
uh, John suggested three. There's an outside that the possibility they could just keep three. I don't think there's any chance of that. They're going to keep four. Um, is is four even enough if Miles Sanders is going to be an injury question guy all year long? Well, I think we definitely have seen that he's an injury question, you know, especially if you're entering with with hamstring issues. That's when I start to worry. How do you shake, you know, those those um, uh, soft tissue type of injuries? You know, he's an interesting one because two years ago, he showed the ability to have the big breakout runs. He had all these like 50 plus yard runs and he, he showed that explosion last year. We didn't see those runs at all. And then you go back to his rookie year where he caught almost 50 passes. Where did that guy go? So can they somehow morph the guy who caught 50 balls with the guy who had the big breakaway runs and get that guy? I don't I don't really see them using him in that way, and I think a little bit of this injury has them concerned too. Do they keep three? They probably do keep three, but they know it's like the tight end. They have Richard Rodgers on speed dial. Hey, we can get Jordan Howard and kind of stash him on the – practice squad because no one else is going to take him so I think they'll probably go with three on the roster but a couple guys they have you know a a familiarity with kind of hanging around on the practice squad and we know in this day and age you could find a running back just hanging around in somebody's practice you would think the Eagles can't find one though I, I I do you know one of the concerns I think you know when he dropped another pass yesterday in practice Kenny Gainwell has not taken that step forward that I think a lot of people were expecting. And it's just camp. And maybe he turns into a game player and not a practice player, but boy, they need Miles Sanders more than ever before. Um, Boston Scott, we talked about reliable guy, but Jason Huntley, he's not it. And, And Kennedy Brooks, probably not ready. Waiver wire to me is a is a spot where they could probably look around the league. Um, top fifty three, you know, when they when they cut down to the initial fifty three, they can probably find somebody who's cut somewhere else and get an upgrade here. But with the Eagles about to head to Cleveland, Kareem Hunt, how he's famous for the August trade. Um, he already pulled one off with JJ Ortega Whiteside. Um, can he do it again? Would the Eagles have interest in bringing in a legitimate, decent back who you could argue is every bit as good as Miles Sanders? Right, and they're going to be in Cleveland the next couple of days. So there's a lot of good conversation there. And look, the Eagles have personnel that they can probably um, consider parting with. I mean, uh, what does Cleveland need at this point? What would they actually say? Hey, we're lacking in this area. Do the Eagles match up there? Well, they need a center, but the Eagles say, can't give up a spot. center right now. And, and by the way, the Browns should just sign J.C. Treader. I mean, he's one of the best centers in football that might be getting blackballed because he's the Players Association president. But that's that's another discussion. Uh, they need help there. Uh, they need help at receiver. Can you – Convince them that Jalen Rager is a decent reclamation project. Uh, that's going to be interesting. Jalen Rager, most notably, very similar to JJ in that I think both need a change of scenery. JJ got it. We'll see if he can do anything with it. Jalen needs it, but the Eagles aren't going to give him away. No. Um, can you convince somebody else that Jalen Rager has some value? 
was Andrew Berry already gone by the time the Eagles picked Jalen Rager? Uh, I'm getting no. kind of, we, we know no. Catherine Race was here, right? Yeah, Catherine was yes. here. Catherine she, was here. She's in a power position with the Browns now, yeah, correct? Yeah. Barry was, yes. was long gone, but uh, Catherine was here. So I, I think, and the moral of the story is Cleveland knows Philadelphia's roster pretty good, and their front office people know the Eagles' front office people pretty good, which certainly you put that all wrapped into the fact that you're practicing two days together, you're sitting in the stadium together probably on Sunday afternoon, and you've got plenty of time for conversation to mix and match possibility. Hey, Hunt doesn't want to be here. We've got guys that you know can play, that you like, that are just maybe need a change of scenery. Maybe your coaching staff get your hands on them. So I wouldn't be shocked if something to that effect happened at all. I would be a little surprised if uh, they were able to pull it off just because I'm sorry. I kind of given up on Jalen Rager. I know for Eagles sake and Eagles hope you have to hope someone else sees something that the Eagles haven't been able to get out of them. Yeah. I just, uh, sorry. Don't think it's there, but that's just me. All right. Uh, Jonathan Gannon got to do some different things and punch, punch some different buttons against the jets this week against the Browns, kind of a different offense, uh, a little bit different level of uh, player personnel. Um, is this going to be another learning week for Birds fans like ourselves to see what Jonathan Gannon's got uh, planned, at least for his starting unit against uh, Cleveland, either in the uh, joint practices and or the game Sunday? Yeah, I mean, and real quick, just going back to the, we saw the Derby for Jason uh, Jordan Matthews trade. What yeah. did they throw in there? Was there a third round pick? Third, third round, round pick. pick. So, you know, Matthews was a guy who had been somewhat productive, but Darby just didn't fit the buff. Uh, you know, what was it? Jim Schwartz and Rex Ryan. Got, there was a switch there, right? And he just didn't fit in, in the defense. So they were basically like, you know, we'll just take your guy. So something to that effect wouldn't surprise me. That's why, you know, on that. But the defensive line, you take a look at what they did the other night. I think you're just going to continue. Like there's no – starters as much as they're just going to be different down and distance groupings and odd fronts and hey it's we go back to third and seventh so we want our Jordan Davis there so we can get pass rushers on the outside because he's going to take up two guys here I'm really intrigued to see I don't know that you'll see him a lot Sunday or if at all but how much playing time they're going to end up giving him like do you get greedy throughout the season knowing man this guy just takes up so much attention and that's going to open up our Hassan Reddicks and Josh Sweats and, you know, yeah. Brandon Graham, that kind of stuff. So I think you're just going to continue to see him mix and match as the different down and distances kind of uh, or situations in the game. Yeah, I think uh, there's been uh, a little bit of weird kind of thought that the Eagles have changed or are changing their defense. They're running the exact same thing they ran last year. Jordan Davis just, in theory, um, gives them a better opportunity yeah. to get in more, you know, second and third and longs. Um, but basically, it's the five-two overhang on rundowns, and it's the four-man front on on when they want to pass rush, and that's what it was last year. But a bunch of guys were playing out of position. Well, you go back to talent. You go back to Fletcher Cox when he said, they pay me yeah. to rush the passer. And he had that whole kind of stare down with Jonathan Gannon between the media. And that was him basically saying, he wants me to do something that I'm not good at, which is yeah. take up space, 
eat up blockers and let other guys get sacks. Well, here's Fletcher Cox saying, no, I'm the guy that's supposed to get sacks. I'm not supposed to be here, you know, grabbing three jerseys. So I think you're, you're right, John. I think you're seeing the same. You're just seeing different personnel in those spots, which is now making it work. Uh, uh, real quick to ship. Go ahead, Jody. You were, I was just going to ask if we're talking about the defensive line, are we going to see more of Derek Barnett? This, how many snaps uh, did he get? Last he was week? a deference player. He got two or three snaps. I, I don't know what to make of that. Uh, uh, so what well, Jody brought it up, you know, there's certain, I, and like the, the first team starting offense, they played, I think eight snaps eight and, plays, and they yeah. were perfect. The defense even less, uh, cause they quickly got off the field. But you had all the deference players, and most of them were obvious. Um, you had new players like TJ Edwards uh, and Marcus Epps who sort of broken through. But one guy in that category was Derek Barnett. And that part, I admit, I don't understand. Like, why do the Eagles still think Derek Barnett is part of, part of this core as opposed to being the fourth rotational defensive end that's not going to play that much? Um I think Jody might have something. I think it might be time to start wondering what the heck's going on there. Well, and that's where, you know, you have these different base looks that are mostly odd so that you can get different pass rushers just rotating at optimal. Uh, what was uh, Gabe Kapler's word uh, that they, that you wanted optimal uh, freshness out there. So you get <laughs> Derek Barnett for one series, just, Hey, you're going after the pad, just, Bull head down, go after the passer. Uh, the next series, Jordan Davis, you're in the middle. We're going to get two guys next to you and then two guys on the outside. And those two guys on the outside, we're just going to tell them, you have one role on this series. Give us a – it's like a relief pitcher. Come in and give us your your best fifth. Yeah, guy throwing 98, back. yeah, for 15 pitches. Yeah. Oh, Derek Barnett, there's a flag on the play. I'm sorry. <laughs> you get wound up a little bit too much. You know it's coming out of the referee's pocket. Now, that said, outside of him being a bonehead, I mean, he has had some success as a pass rusher in terms of not sacks. You're right. Not sacks, but Pressures, the yeah. pressure because part of the problem is he's getting the pressure. He just doesn't know when to let up the pressure, and he gets that late hit or he goes off sides. I mean, if you can erase those penalties, which is a big if, is he a serviceable pass rusher? John, Fourth rotational answer. defensive Do I really have to I'm give gonna... my answer on that one, or is it By well way, known? Speaking, well, let's go here. I think the most exciting part of these joint practices this week will be, speaking of pass rushers, Miles Garrett, Shadavian Clowney, against Jordan Mailata and Lane Johnson. That's yeah. as good as it gets right there. Absolutely. And the fact and, – and this is a good spot, too, to see, you know, Jurgens get a shot. You know, he's going to be with the first unit here uh, to see how he holds up against this front as well. I loved what they did with Jurgens. I got to be honest. I wasn't a huge fan of taking a center. I wasn't knocking the player. It was just the the, the round value – Center in round two, I was kind of like, eh. Uh, but if he steps in and can perform like he did on Friday night, you know, you found yourself an opportunity to continue doing what you're doing with your current player, yeah, and that's I'm, hard I'm, to do. That's hard I, to do. I put on the Roman Reigns acknowledge me gif. I, I said it on Mike Gill's show. I said it everywhere. The Eagles were taking Cam Jurgens at number 51. 
So I'm going to pat myself on the back. Very good. And I got to give you more credit on Jurgens because you were right last week. I thought that there was a possibility that when Kelsey went down and Jurgens stepped up and became the starter, that he might be treated. What was the word you used? Deference? That, uh, yeah. Yeah. Barnett at the deference this past week with his two snap play. I thought Jurgens might get the same because he's a starter. We know he needs to work. We know he's only a rookie. We know he could use the snaps, but God forbid he go down with an injury. So the Eagles being the protective organization that they are, I thought they were going to pull him out. They didn't. When they pulled out all the other offensive line starters, Jurgens stayed in there. Johnny Mack said that would be the case. I was wrong about that. I thought they'd go err on the side of caution. Same again this week, guys. Does he still get more snaps than Lane Johnson and Jordan Mailata and uh, uh, who am I forgetting? Isaac on the offensive line. Does he play more than anybody else on the O line again? Because I guess working. the question is, what other centers do they have that they can get him out of the game that quickly? I mean, you figure you take Kelsey out if he played twelve snaps, then Jurgens would get you know the second group of snaps, and then you go to the next. What other center did they the want great to great Cameron Tom <laughs> is the backup center. And, you know, he can play four quarters if you need him to. Uh, Jack Anderson can play center as well. So they have some other options. But I do think they need to get him ready just in case. I think that's what it's about. And he is still a rookie. It was impressive. But, you know, well, they play him a lot. If they play him a lot, does that suggest that, hey, we think Kelsey will be ready and we just want to give him some extra reps with this group so that, you know, he he's getting um, first-team opportunities and getting the speed of the game against first-teamers as opposed to third-teamers? Well, I definitely think the Eagles think, believe Jason Kelsey will be back for week one in Detroit, but you still have to plan for the contingency. So, yeah, I, but getting I, I, him – the most reps possible in the fact in the case that Kelsey's unavailable for week one. Yeah. Which you know? makes some sense. And yeah. I, I think it's the, the right way to go about it uh, at Mike Gill show. I'll end it here with you, Mike. And that's um, Devonte Smith and Devonte missed a little bit of time uh, with a soft tissue injury groin before the injury. He wasn't getting much traffic. After right. the injury, it seems like the Eagles have said, oh, we have Devontae Smith. we got to get him involved as well. We talked about Dallas Goddard a little bit, Zach Pascal versus Quez Watkins. What kind of year are you expecting from Devontae Smith? Year two, really good player, but now he's not the guy. That's A.J. Brown. What kind of year are you expecting from Devontae Smith? I think we forget how solid of a year this kid had with no help around him last year. Yeah. I mean, he basically was the lone wolf out on that field mm-hmm. on the outside. And I thought he handled himself pretty well to the fact that, you know, I do my show at ocean casino on Mondays and halfway through the year, I went up and put a little wager on him to win the rookie of the year. Now I didn't think it was going to happen, but the value was there. I thought maybe in the second half that he would have really taken off some and that didn't really happen for him. But I don't see any reason why he shouldn't surpass the numbers he put up last year. And he had a pretty good year last year. And this has to do with, do they use him differently? Do they let him take more shots down the field? Is he going to get more one-on-one coverage that you will see him just out talent the, the, the defensive back who is on him most weeks. So much like Goddard, I think he's a big factor in this offense. I don't know that he's going to have these eye popping 1500 yards, but I wouldn't be surprised if he approached a thousand, 1200 yards. 
All right, Mr. Value Betting. I've got one to finish off in that realm with you. Uh, doing a show last night on WIP, somebody sh shot me a text of a photo of a guy who made a $20,000 bet on the Philadelphia Eagles to win the Super Bowl. And he got 25 to 1. I don't know if it was DraftKings or uh, sub. I don't remember. Which. We, we got 25 to 1 at Ocean on Monday. Okay. The uh, on. Uh, Not $25,000, by the way, did we put down. Just a little wager. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, Bet Parks is the uh, app that I have that I use that I recommend. Eagles are 30. Why wouldn't you go to a website that's going to give you 30 to 1 as compared to 25 to 1 if you're going to bet 20 grand? That's a, a whole other question. But nah, Jody, come on. Ocean Casino Resort. Go to Ocean. No matter yeah, what. When, it, when it floats back up to 30, I'll consider it. But right <laughs> now at 25, sorry, Oceans. Um, and they, they do. They move all the time and they change and you just have to stay on top of this stuff. You I do. said there are only two teams in the NFL right now that interest me as far as picking them to win it all and value of what their odds are at. One is the Philadelphia Eagles at 30 to 1 and the other is the Miami Dolphins at 40 to 1. You got a team right now you like at the number that they're at, Mike Gill? Well, first off, uh, so my partner on Mondays, Pete Thompson, he put 50 bucks on the Eagles, and to which my producer said, why would you do that? And I said, if you did the same bet in 2017, you probably would have got about similar odds, uh, maybe probably a little bit better back in 2017. But, hey, for 50 bucks, it was worth it, right? So that's not a terrible bet. So I agree uh jody with you on that one the team that i kind of like is the raiders i talked about this yesterday um the raiders remind me a little bit of like the eagles did this offseason they were a playoff team last year that was surprising and they went out and got the best receiver in football to add to their offense now the one issue with that them is they play in a much difficult more difficult division than the eagles oh, yeah. so getting wins you know, piling up a couple of wins here and there against teams in your division is probably going to be tougher for them. But if they can make the playoffs, they will be a battle-tested team. I love getting Carr and Devontae together again. I, I like that matchup. They got the new coach down there. That's a team that uh, that I think you can get good value on and wouldn't surprise me if they surprise people this year. You like the new coach? Uh, uh, I mean, I'm not a Josh uh, McDaniel guy. No. That's why I'm with uh, you on the evaluation of the talents the uh, Raiders have. I don't like McDaniel a little bit. That's why I couldn't bet them to go to. Jordan. I don't love. I, I mean, I'm I'm willing to say, all right, you 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 had your first opportunity. It didn't go well. I'll give them credit for going back and re going to the lab and and trying to you know. I mean, it's been ten years since he coached, right? Since he's been a head coach. Well, yeah, it's been, he, well, he was good, the, for he good was the reason. He was the coach of the Colts for 20 minutes before yeah. he said, oh, never mind, I'll go back to New England again. He was almost yeah. the coach here, by the way. Almost. Yeah, well, listen, having Carr and Adams and, you know, I, that, that's a – they've got some good, decent uh, – decent. they got good defensive pass rush as well. I think they that's the elements for success is rushing the passer. They've got um, a number one – that's something they've lacked. I mean, they just yeah. haven't had that, that guy, that go-to guy at wide receiver – um, so I'll, I'll, I like the coach enough. How about that? I don't love way, it. I give Jeffrey Lurie a, a ton of credit because, um, Howie Roseman was recommending Josh McDaniels to be the head coach of this team. And Jeffrey Lurie kind of knew that 
all right, these two can say whatever they want right now, but they're not going to get along uh, long term. And he was just going to keep interviewing people and interviewing people till they found somebody better than Josh McDaniels in their mind. And that turned out to be Nick Sirianni. I don't, I don't think people know how close it was that Josh McDaniels was going to be the coach here. And by the way, Josh McDaniels was going to hire Jonathan Gannon to be his deep. Those two are very close hmm. to be his defensive coordinator. And that's where all that said that the Eagles were going to hire Jonathan Gannon no matter what, because they were going to bring in Josh McDaniels and he was going to be his defensive coordinator. So anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. Yeah, I'm quite happy that the Eagles didn't hire Josh McDaniels. Not a fan. Yeah. Wasn't a fan. Uh, well, he, he was a disaster in Denver. He, and he, is, he knows Brady it. Coattails. The, the evidence is there. Road Brady's coattails. All right, he won championships. You think it was because of Josh McDaniels and Tom Brady? Come on. No. He, he was a disaster. Denver, it basically blows up in his face. Yeah. Uh, Tim Tebow's going to carry him. Yeah, right. Nice call. He goes back to New England, wins with Brady again, gets back on his coattails again, takes the job in Indianapolis. They hire a bunch of coaches. Two days later, he goes, no, 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 never mind. Yeah. And he screws the Colts, goes back to New England, rides Brady's coattails again until Brady says, see you later, bye. And then the Patriot offense goes in the tank. Why? Because Tom Brady's not there. The genius Josh McDaniels couldn't pull them out of that tailspin. Yeah. Well, right. by the way, though, I'm going to give Josh McDaniels is better than uh, um, uh, Matt who, Patricia. Who, who is he better than? Matt, I don't know Matt all that Patricia, many. Without Matt, Tom Brady, who is he actually better than? We'll, we'll see Matt what that Patricia new offense looks like plays. this year. Yeah. Matt Patricia or Joe Judge calling plays. Oh, okay. I'd rather have Josh right, McDaniels. Right, sorry. I see where yeah. you're going there. Uh, I'll yeah. give you. You know what? I, I don't know. Maybe one of those two could be as good as Josh McDaniels. That tells you how little I think of Josh McDaniels. Uh, Mr. Gill, a pleasure, buddy. We're going to have you with us every single week. Very much looking forward to it. Thanks for jumping in midway week with us today. Thanks, right, Mike. We'll talk to you. You can See catch you. him every uh, day, uh, 2 to 6, down on 97.3 ESPN, the sports bash down the shore. McDonald and McMullen coming back. I got a couple more Eagles things to run by Johnny Mack and then one of our very own contributors he's writing now for jacobsports.com uh, and uh, you can catch him in other places as well you know you find him here with us on birds 365 eagle veteran scribe paul domwich gonna jump aboard here on birds 365 in about 20 so stick around support for this podcast and the following message come from corient Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. 
No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on X. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. You're JM and JM. The Mac guys here on Birds 365. Uh, Paul Domwich is going to join us in about 15 minutes from now. Um, John, I need your uh, experience to uh, give the Birds fans a little bit of a taste because uh, they're going to get pictures and some video from the uh, team practices that the Eagles are going to go through, joint practices with the Browns the next couple of days. You were there last year for the Eagles team practices first with the Patriots here in Philadelphia and then up the turnpike against the Jets uh, this past year. 
vary from practice to practice, vary from team to team. It's called a joint practice for a very specific reason. Both teams get to dictate some terms on how they use the time that they have when they're together on the field. What are the joint practices, not knowing what the Browns are actually looking to do, but uh, just uh, judging the Eagles and, and how they handled their business last year, what are these joint practices going to look like from a Philadelphia standpoint? Uh, yeah, it is kind of a, a, a joint negotiation. They always are. So basically you you get together and you say, what do you want to work on? Uh, what do what we want, want to work on and sort of mesh that together and try to fit both into the, uh, the session. So if the Browns want, think they need work on third downs, for instance, and, and the Eagles um, say we want to work on red zone, whatever, could be red zone offense, red zone defense, you kind of cobble it out, make sure there's significant periods of both. And then they typically end with just team drills. Um, usually hurry up, you know, two-minute situations uh, where you get this really, really competitive in, environment. Uh, but it's always dependent on the coaches and, um, you know, what they want to get accomplished and where they think they are with their particular teams. I remember, you know, Bill Belichick is coming here for um, um, a number of times now. Um, and everybody would worry, like, Bill's going to, you know, railroad uh, Chip Kelly or Nick Sirianni or whoever. Um, but he doesn't. I mean, it's it, it truly is, um, you know, both teams trying to get better. And they like it because the film isn't out there other than the team you're playing. You know, the Eagles were even, because the Eagles are absurd with this stuff. I kind of talked about this yesterday on the show. You know, they were even worried about the Jets a little bit because they played them later in the season. And it was like, by that point, everything's changed. They, In fact, the Eagles are a perfect example. <clears throat> they were a completely different team by that Very point true. of the season. Uh, it, it just doesn't, but there's so much concern of letting things out. And I laughed about that yesterday. I mean, you know, as, as things have gotten simpler and simpler around the NFL, they get, seem to get more, you know, clandestine, uh, which is bizarre to me, but that's a little aside, but they work things out. Now, what you were able to do with your phone last year, a.k.a. video camera, everybody on the planet has a video camera now right there in their yeah, head yeah. that is their phone. And fans uh, can take the video, but we can't. Uh, right, uh, which I think is just stone-cold ridiculous. How much of it does leak out that uh, it'll be Cleveland fans, so you're going to have to find Cleveland, Cleveland uh, social media outlets where you can be able to check out some video uh, they will allow fans in in Bray, yeah. Ohio there. So how much are we going to actually be able to uh, learn from the film of the Eagles versus the Browns? Um, not, not much. Not you know, it, it's funny that, and completely this wasn't the topic, but I was talking to Shane Steichen off to the side uh, and and we were talking about the, the open practice of the Lincoln Financial Field. And one of the other reporters mentioned something about, you know, fans being able to, to, to film it. And, and Shane couldn't have cared less. I mean, he, he, he couldn't have cared less, like worrying about 
I think I think the question was about like Dallas scouts or Giant scouts coming down the turnpike to look at the practice. And it's like, you know, if they're going to do that, I that boy, that stuff gets over it. I think Bill Belichick is in people's heads so much uh, because of his success. And obviously you, you still hear it today. We hear it with Eagles. Hollis Thomas, who's been on the show, he can't get over it, man. He can't get over it. The Patriots cheated. So many of the Eagles back then, the Patriots cheated. If 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 you can cheat and 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 turn that into something tangible in the 40 seconds between plays, Godspeed, man. Godspeed. You're better than me. You you I tip my cap to you. I I I don't care about that stuff. I think most coaches don't care about that stuff which is weird because they do care about, oh, you know, we might be putting a play installed that an opposition team that week has seen a hundred times, but maybe they haven't run it recently and they don't want it reported because it might be a big moment, big spot in that game. They're more concerned with stuff like that than overreaching videos or more stuff like or, or, you know, fan videos. All right, Johnny Mac, there is one other position. We talked about the running backs earlier, and if uh, I had my own little camera to be able to shoot and watch what happened in practice and put some evaluation into it, a position that I believe the Eagles are far from settled with going into their first game of the regular season against the Lions, and we've talked about it, shoot, since last season ended, that's safety. Um, you and I are both Epps guys, and we were early on during the offseason that Ooh. the Eagles played him last year, and if you didn't read into it, that the Eagles may have liked Marcus Epps more than some of the Eagle fans like Marcus Epps, that he was, in their eyes, their best safety. They certainly handled their business in bringing in other safeties, two guys, veterans, one-year deal, basically the same exact deal, uh, they weren't going to upgrade there. They thought that Epps was their best safety, and that's the way it's looked so far in the, the practices that you're at every single day. He turned up injured. The other. Before we talk about yeah. uh, the, the entire spot, uh, Epps' injury left the field, came back, but didn't practice again. Um, did you get any word as to uh, what it was or how significant it was? Uh, back injury. Um, uh, and nothing as far how significant just that he's out there watching. So again, not too concerned if it were really serious, especially a back injury, they're not going to let him on the field near the field where somebody might run into him or something of that nature. So uh, he's one of those guys already in that deference category. And you mentioned it, you saw it by playing time against the jets. Um, But I got to tell you, the bigger issue to me is, when he was out yesterday, they, they don't know what to do with backup safety. I'm, I'm, they're giving first team reps to Josiah Scott, who was just a cornerback two weeks ago. Right. Remember, uh, Reed Blankenship, an undrafted free agent, they gave fifty grand to uh, to come and sign, get first team reps. Finally, at the end of practice, they went back to Kayvon Wallace, who got benched essentially from the first team for. Josiah Scott, who played cornerback two weeks ago and an undrafted kid uh, who had been playing ahead of him. And, oh, by the way, Jaquaski Tart hasn't taken a first-team rep all summer. Now, he missed three days, three practices, 
four, if you count the really the preseason game. Um, you, you, you know, they have an issue at, at safety. Um, if if Marcus Epps can't play, if Anthony Harris can't play, then what do you do? And that's one of the reasons uh, they they traded for the kid from Seattle, uh, Ugo Amadi. Um, and thank you know, thank God for our buddy Rob Mahdi, uh, because then I can remember Ugo <laughs> Amadi. Um, but uh, yeah, they have an issue, and and even Ugo, Ugo's a, a, a safety, you know, by training, by trade, so to speak, coming out of college at Oregon. But he's played mostly nickelback in Seattle, and he's more of a special teams guy, to be honest. So Boy, they got an issue there, Jody. And that's another position where you might say, come waiver wire time, maybe a trade. Maybe we start talking about Jalen Rager for Chuck Clark again. Jalen Rager and a and 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 some kind of you you probably have to add something to it, obviously. Um, but they they could use some help at safety, to say the least. Um Inside the Eagles.com is a website I go to every once in a while. Jeff Knox, leading writer, is a pretty good Eagle beat guy. Um, he had Andre Sachere ranked as his number three safety on the Eagles as of right now, with Epps uh, being one and uh, last year's starter being two. He had him ahead of Jaquaski Tart, which I had no issues with whatsoever. Is Sachere... You, you, I think you've told us that it's more of a Josiah Scott thing who just became a safety within the last couple of weeks. He's playing quarterback, and now he's not only jumped to safety, he's moved up the safety depth chart with the Eagles. Uh, who would you rank one atop the other right now, Scott or Sachere at safety for the Burkers? Well, uh, right now you have to uh, have Scott ahead because he got first-team reps, and Sachere didn't. Um, and, and he was one I mentioned. There were three guys who got first-team reps. Andre was not one of them. Now, Andre got all the second-team reps, so as they continue to rotate, I think it's one of those situations where Andre and and has a lot of value, and so does Josiah, because they do three different things. They play safety, they play slot, and they play special teams. Special teams. Um, so they're both in that same sort of category. I mentioned it, I think, on the show last week. Um, it seems like the Eagles are are trying to play up their versatility to to get them on the 53. I think they're both going to be on the 53. Barring, you know, maybe if you trade for a Chuck Clark, maybe then you have to make a difficult decision um, and pick one or the other. But unless something changes, um, I think they're both going to be here. And then it, it, it would be interesting if you had to play him, uh, what happens. I think the two most interesting names, though, are Kayvon Wallace and Jaquaski Tart. Um, as you mentioned, Tart has not gotten one first-team rep. Um, Wallace, if, if you remember way back at the beginning of camp, Anthony Harris was, was, was dealing with COVID. And Kayvon Wallace, the aftermath of COVID, do we have our Chikwaski Tart fan in there? Is that yes. what you're smiling I get, at? I, I got to give him credit because uh, he's he's sticking to it. 
Uh, we've mentioned this a couple times here on the yeah, show. Yeah, uh, we, and we appreciate all our guys who stream. And yeah, I keep an eye on it. We don't reference it much because I talk too much. John talks too much. We don't have time to go <laughs> to, the, to the stream. Yeah. Um, but Dominique Dabney, I am 99% sure was the individual who said when they signed Jaquaski Tart, Eagles just added their best safety. So we're talking about the depth chart at safety. Dominique had uh, Tart at the top of the list. So as you and I sit here and kind of question aloud and wonder aloud how good the Eagles depth is at the safety position, Dominique checked in and said, Tart is just getting up to speed. I think the media is overstating our safety problem. Uh, Sorry, Dominique, we'll stand by our stance of, yeah, the Eagles have a safety issue. And I will certainly stand by my stance that uh, Mr. Tart is not the answer. And he sure as hell is not the Eagles' best safety, as you previously stated here on the screen. If he does, I'll give you all the props in the world. I'll come on every day for a week and go, and we need to see what Dominique uh, Dabney has to say because he knows the Eagles better than Jody McDonald. Uh, I, I'm not sweating that one much. Tart was well. One we the one we can already put the dirt on, as they you know, uh, so to speak, to say that he's the best safety. I mean, Marcus Epps and Anthony Harris have taken every single first team rep when healthy. So that tells you what the Eagles think their best safeties are. It's going to be Marcus Epps. It's going to be Anthony Harris, unless they bring in. At Chuck Clark, and maybe something changes from that perspective if they bring in somebody uh, from outside the organization. Now, if you want to, if you want to spin it like, okay, the Eagles know what he is. He's a veteran player. He's got to learn a new system. Blah blah blah. And they want to look at the Josiah Scotts of the world and the Andre Sashres and the Reed Blankenships and evaluate the younger players, and then default and say, guess what? These guys can't do it default back to Jaquaski Tart as a backup player. I'll leave the door slightly ajar for that. Um, but no. Can we stop with that this is the Eagles' best safety? I mean, come on. I mean, and and if you're gonna go down that route, if you're gonna double 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 down on that route, I want the stinking apology. When Marcus Epps and Anthony Harris are out there week one. Yeah, don't don't hold your breath on that one. Don't think it's coming. But I did have to note it today just because, again. And, yeah, it's a shot at you and I because he had to go the media, which if you're watching Birds 365, I think we know who the media entailed. That would be Mac and Mac. Uh, the media. Overstating Speak the it up. Problem. Part no, of the media. Jaquaski yeah. Tart is the Eagles' best safety. If there's an overstatement to be looked at here, yeah. it's the... Uh, there is a vast media conspiracy to downplay Jaquaski Tart. Paul Domowitz is part of it, too. He's going to yeah, join Domo. us next. Shame on Domo. Yeah. Uh, he is in the green room. He is joining us next. We still got 40 solid minutes coming your way of this edition of Birds 365.
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Mac and Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald here with you on Birds 365. We are joined by a longtime Eagles beat writer for uh, the Philadelphia Inquirer, doing it these days for the 3013.com, and us on jacobsports.com. Paul Domowitz joins us here on Birds 365. JM, if you'd allow me, we'll talk uh, all Eagles with Domo, but I do want to get one Hall of Fame question in first. Because it's something I discussed on my shows on the weekend. Is this Joe um, Klecko related? No, it says got absolutely nothing to do with Joe Klecko. <laughs> and don't even go there, McMullen, because what it does have to do with, I don't want Klecko's name tied to it in any way, shape, or form. Damo, I, I made a point on one of my shows about the fact that uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. may have compromised his Hall of Fame chances at the age of 23 by testing positive for uh, performance-enhancing drugs. And I got some calls and some tweets about the National Football League doesn't seem near as hung up about it, and they don't doesn't have as longer-lasting effect on the legacy of the career of a player in the National Football League, uh, specifically Hall of Fame uh, election. You guys at the NFL will have a vote. You're one of how many is it? 60-something? 48 guys is all it is? Damn, that's specialized. You're in a very good position. Um, 
you actually have meetings and talk about it the last couple of years, been Zoom rather than in person, but at least those conversations are going down in baseball. You just send in your ballot and it's done. You don't really decide it with anyone else. You decide it by yourself. Do you remember any conversations being had in any of those meetings once the list has been cut down and then you got to cut it even further to decide who's getting in? Somebody taking a stance of, well, no, I'm not going to put that guy in because you tested positive for PEDs. It's a cheater. Yeah. Um, you know what? Uh, performance enhancing drugs in, in football. I mean, anybody that played in the league before 2000 probably used them and <laughs> including everybody that's in the Hall of Fame. So we'd kind of be hypocritical. I mean, it's no, it's not. I mean, it's not a big issue. Plus, we're not allowed to to dis, uh, to, to consider off the field stuff anyway. But uh, yeah, but no, PEDs is on the field. No, it's I mean, it's considered uh, since the punishment is coming off the field. Uh, I mean, there have been players suspended that I can speak personally would never affect uh, how I would vote for them uh, if I considered them Hall of Fame worthy. Just because I mean, I understand it's more directly cheating in in, uh, in baseball. I mean, because it's such a stat oriented game and and you can see the directors. I mean. Like I said, it was just so prevalent in football for so long um, that it's never been uh, an issue with me. Okay. Yeah. I I wish more baseball writers were like that, Damo, because, I mean, if I I don't know who did what. I mean, there are certain guys, but I I always go back to the the Mitchell report, and the vast majority, you can go through that report. People can read it still today. The vast majority of players named in that report were, you know, mediocre to less than mediocre. There's yeah. no guarantee that doing PED, it might help you get to the major leagues. It might help you get, you know, wh- how many pitchers were on the gas that maybe struck Barry Bonds out? Well, he never struck out, but you get the point. Got him out because they were on it. I don't know. I, I, I There's no way I can know that. So all I can judge on is what I saw. And, you know, when you're keeping out some of the best players to from a museum, essentially, that tells the story of the game, to me, all you got to do is put a plaque up and say, all right, this was the steroid era. But these were the best players of the steroid era. That's it. Yeah. And that, to me, is the simplest fix. But we've gone off on a tangent. Sorry get about it. I, I, yeah. I wanted because Adamo is one of only 48 no. people who can directly speak to it. I wanted to hear from a guy who's in on those meetings. I know. And I go the only, off, but the only player guys that whose off the field uh behavior uh came up in all the years I've been doing it, and 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 I really had a problem with that was uh when Terrell Owens was his first year of eligibility, but the out of nowhere, the the uh, Hall of Fame told us that we could consider players that were a negative influence in the locker room, uh, and and a lot of guys, you know, I mean, I saw him at his worst, but a lot of guys jumped on that, and that's the reason it took Owens three years to get into the Hall of Fame because a lot of guys held that against him. Did they ever do a recall uh, with a, a vote with OJ? Did they do anything of that nature? No. No. Yeah, Again, I don't think they should. Yeah. You're in, you're in. <laughs> yeah. You should. I mean, it's not a Hall of Fame for best husbands. So, yeah, yeah. You know. But all right, 
Uh, now I've gone way down a route. But what, since we're talking about senior committee, that's today, right, Tama? Senior committee. Uh, 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 so Joe Klecko might get in the Hall of Fame today. Uh, Jody. Good chance. Good chance. Uh, uh, crossing. The, I think they're hey, down to 12. And they'll pick three. They can pick as many as three, or is it three? Do they as have to pick three? As many uh, as they'll three. Give, they'll give us three and uh... – you know, it doesn't necessarily mean three will get in. It probably will because, but isn't that pretty much a rubber stamp now that they've changed this? The guys get in if they're recommended. Yeah, I mean, we have such great respect for the the people on those committees that it would have to be somebody that was really questionable or that they, we felt that they overlooked, like Joe Klecko. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just poking fun at uh, Jody. Hey, Joe's a very good player. Very good. Hall of Famer. Yeah, even yeah. if he doesn't get in, he'll be a Hall of Famer in my eyes. Mm -hmm. All right, back to the birds, Damo. Uh, you're not heading out. Johnny Mac not heading out to Cleveland. But damn, the Eagles take this joint practice thing very seriously. They showed after last year where they went undefeated. Um, kind of like the perfect game that uh, Jalen Hurts had here this past week. It's it's fleeting, but you live in the moment and you uh, make it uh, everything it's worth. Sirianni this week seemed to be almost energized by the fact that they're getting into these practices. Why do you think it, it, it works as, or it worked as well for the Eagles last year, Nick Sirianni's first year as a coach. Can he possibly do what he did last year with the four practices he's going to have with the Browns and the Dolphins? Yeah. I mean, they got to hit somebody sometime, right? Um, <laughs> I mean, this, the whole uh, approach of, of, you know, not much contact and practices, you know, keeps you healthy. But at some point here, you know, you've got to go out there. And, and, I, and the fact that they're, you're playing different teams is just a refreshing thing for these guys who have been uh, going up against their own teammates for two weeks or whatever it's been. So, uh, you know, the question is, after these joint practices the next two weeks, going to be any injuries uh we'll see uh, you know there's no tackling to the ground and stuff but you know so far they've been one of the healthiest teams as far as avoiding serious injury through training camp so far uh yeah but we're not to the starting line yet uh yeah i guess the uh most difficult injury to date would be jason kelsey but that was more of a Sort yeah. of a, a, you know, that's been going on for years before he finally, and the Eagles expect him back for week one. So exactly. um, it's worked so far. We'll see if it continues to work. Uh, your latest uh, on jacobsports.com, you took a look at Shane Steichen uh, yesterday, Jalen Hurts in the deep ball. Um, and, and you got the numbers. Jalen wasn't bad with the deep ball. Uh, last year I think that's uh, a false narrative at times and and during practice he's he's really got a feel for the deep ball down the right sideline specifically when the ball comes out on time he's he's got a pretty nice feel for it and we've seen it a couple times with long touchdowns to AJ Brown um, can he be consistent enough and do you think that part of it is accuracy or more just being on time i think you know judging from what we saw last year john uh i think more of it is being on time i thought he was you know i mean he, he took he took a lot he, there have been a, a lot of criticism of him for of him suggesting he doesn't have a strong enough arm i've never felt that was the case didn't feel it was the case in college it's i mean it's not a it's not a rifle 
but it's it's certainly adequate enough. His problem with some of his deep passes last year was he was late throwing them. Uh, yeah. People had to, people had to wait for them. Uh, you know, so he threw five interceptions last year on deep balls because of that, because the defender was able to recover. So he just needs the timing needs to be better. Uh, you know, I mean, with this receiving core, and AJ Brown's not a deep threat per se. Uh, he's more of a yards after the catch guy, I think. Uh, can, uh, but with him and Devontae, it's going to open things up all over for Quez Watkins. It's going to open up things, I think, for the running backs on wheel routes. I just think there's going to be a lot of opportunities uh, for them to throw the deep ball uh, in, in between a lot of the other stuff they're going to do with these receivers. So, um, yeah, I think he's going to improve this year. Uh, you know, I mean, only time will tell, but uh, – you know, he, I'm sure he's worked on it hard in the offseason, including with, you know, when he was out on the West Coast early. So uh, practice makes perfect, as they say. Speaking of those wheel routes or any other toss to the back that you want to throw into the mix, uh, sure enough, Miles Sanders uh, got two tosses his way in that first yeah. eagle drive, and then they kind of shut it down for Miles. Um, and Kenny Gainwell has not had a bust-out Bafo camp, despite some, in some corners, high expectations for this upcoming season. Does that open it up for your guy, Mr. Oklahoma, Kennedy Brooks? Is he going to make this team? Can he catch the ball out of the backfield? Somebody's got to do it for the Eagles. Well, you, you know, yeah, I think he had one catch uh, Friday night, if, if I'm Did correct. he have one? Yeah, he's not a big catch guy. I mean, he's he's if he's going to make this team, it's going to be because he can get some, some hard yards and short yards situations. He's not a fast guy. Uh, he's just big and he's strong and uh, we'll see. I mean, it's, uh, you know, he's apparently not knocking anybody's socks off yet. So, uh, but with that 16 man pro- practice squad, you know, they're going to keep a lot of people that might sh- surface at some point during the season. If you're going to catch a two yard pass, it might as well be for a touchdown, right? Yeah. 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 Hey, it's very effective. It's Jalen Hurts, right? Perfect passer rating. Look at those numbers. <laughs> Not a statistical game, as Dama was talking about, versus baseball. Uh, but it, it, it's important. I think people get too bogged down in it in it at times. Um, with this offense as a whole, Dama, though we, we do look at and I think Howie's done a good job of of giving Jalen Hurts weapons. So, you know, and I think A.J. Brown is sort of the domino piece. He's like Jordan Davis is to the defense. I think everything falls into place. Instead of a number one, Devontae Smith is a number two. Quez Watkins is a number two. I'd probably have an issue with that. But as a number three, I think, yeah, that's not bad. And if he doesn't perform, you have Zach Pascals, who who was shown to be what Nick Sirianni thinks he is very reliable, very smart, tends to run the right routes, be being where he's supposed to be. Then you have Dallas Goddard, um, obviously one of the best tight ends in football. Miles, Kenny Gainwell, even though Kenny's had a couple drops, how do you keep all these guys happy? Or is it just a matter of winning football games keeps you happy? Yeah. And that's obviously a, a question. I, I think, Jalen's leadership skills will come in handy there because I don't think these guys are the, are going to be getting in his face uh, and telling him you're not throwing me the ball enough. I mean, he's, he's pretty close with both Smith and uh, AJ Brown 
you know, uh, you know, one of the things I liked about that first drive, I mean, there's nothing not to like. It was perfect pretty much from his yeah. standpoint. You know, the che- you know, you mentioned Miles Sanders earlier, Jody. I mean, the check down, that's something we didn't see a lot of from him last yeah. year. He wasn't willing to take that. Uh, I think they've drilled that into him that if it's there, you take it. Because, I mean, uh, you know, A, it helps your completion percentage. B, it keeps the ball moving. C, these guys can can run with, with the ball after they catch it. So, uh, Maybe not you know, Jack Stoll, but I like the fact that he threw the ball to Jack Stoll over the yeah. middle. Yeah. yeah. You know, this is – I mean, you go back to Andy. This has always been a – you know, their big emphasis, spread the ball around. Uh, and I think that's what we're going to see this year because you've got so mm-hmm. many of these guys. I don't think we're going to see A.J. or Devontae catch 100 balls. Uh, but I think, you know, if this team wins, they'll be they'll be tickled pink. I bemoaned the fact earlier, uh, Damo, that yesterday on ESPN, they had, I think it was 42 consecutive hours of fantasy football, no. which does every time you do is fantasy, fantasy, fantasy. And I'm playing no fantasy. I've played a lot in my life, but I'm not playing any this year. 42 consecutive seconds is too much. Well, they, Never. they just kept yeah. pounding it down your throat. But for you Eagle fans out there, we're going to have your draft this week. And you have to always have the balance of wanting to draft players you want to root for and wanting to draft players that you really think are going to put up good numbers so you can win your league. I think you can serve both masses with Dallas Goddard this year. No sharing the limelight with Ertz at the start of the season. It seems to me Jalen wants to throw him the football. I think he's got a chance to be a top five and maybe even top three number getting tight end in the NFL this year. Am I too optimistic in Goddard's uh, production? No, I don't think so. I think he's on the verge of making that next big step into the, you know, into that group with Kelsey and Kittles. And, uh, you know, I mean, what's going to be interesting with him is, you know, the one area, one of the areas that Jalen did not perform very particularly well last year was in the red zone. Didn't really have a, a favorite red zone target like, like Wentz had with Zach Ertz when he was, uh, playing well in the red zone. And I think Goddard's got the potential to be that guy, which means a lot, you know, for fantasy guys, that means a lot of touchdown catches. Uh, you know, he's he's a guy you can throw the ball to on the five and he'll get in because of the yards after the catch ability. Uh, yeah, I think Dallas Goddard's going to, you know, I think he's going to be, he's going to have a potentially all pro type of season this year if he stays healthy. Uh, let's flip the script and go to the defensive side, Tomo. Um I, I think there's a lot of, of misinformation out there about the Eagles changing their defensive philosophy when it's really just one player making, uh, I kind of mentioned with A.J. Brown on defense, it's Jordan Davis, sort of the domino mm-hmm. where all the pieces, pieces now fall into place. They basically ran odd man fronts last year on running downs, and then even when they're rushing the passer, four men, um, it's not changing. It's just that guys aren't playing out of position because you got the big guy in the middle who can take up multiple blockers. But you know, you noted before on Jacob Sports, he can do more than that, or at least theoretically because of his athleticism, which is just ridiculous for his size. We've never seen a guy like this in the history of the NFL. Is that is that going too far? No, I mean, you know, he's an athletic freak. I mean, what, six, six and a half, 340 on a good day. Uh, 
that you know that that, that has you know can run a ten yard split in one six three, which is, I mean that's that's Miles Garrett speed. Uh, you know, I, I did a story the other day talking to a sports science guy on Jordan, and I mean he said you know you put him out on the edge where he's getting a running start. Uh, you know, you're talking 2000 pounds of momentum coming, you know, when you, when you multiply speed <laughs> times, there's yeah. nobody in the, there's nobody in the league, probably nobody ever been in the league that can, can match that. And, and, you know, you think of a, of a guy, guy standing in front of him trying to block him. Now the, the criticism has been that, well, he, you know, he, he would have to, to play outside. He would have to develop a bunch of other moves, uh, I'm not so sure. I mean, I think a bull rush might just be enough if you're coming that fast at somebody. Uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, that's why I think, you know, Gannon's just got a lot of, I mean, I haven't been to practices. Uh, you have been, John. They, you know, I mean, he's moved. He's had Fletcher Cox outside on occasion uh, in practice. I mean, he's got so many movable parts that yeah. that's going to be part of the intrigue of this front this year that, I mean, not the three or the four, man front of the four man front because teams are in four man fronts, you know, in sub packages 80% of the time now. So, but it's just a matter of where they're lining up. I mean, you know, he can do so much with this group because of the versatility, not just of Davis, but of all the rest of those guys that I can't wait to see them in action. Tom, a last question. Um, we talk a lot about Jalen Hurts and the leadership quality that he shows and that the guys follow him and, and take his lead on the offense. I had a question on the Eagle defense coming into the year with the fact that I thought the leader was Brandon Graham, that he was the guy in best position to, to charge. I'm not talking about getting the plays in your helmets, but the guy who really draws the defense together, but I didn't know if he was going to be able to do it because you didn't know what he was going to come back at. Everybody who's reported from practice and even flashed a little bit in the exhibition game. It looks like BG's as good, as quick, as motivated, as at the top of his game as he has been the last couple of years. How big is that to the Eagle defense this year? Well, that's huge, Jody. Just, you know, my concern is that he's 35. And you just, you know, I mean, as healthy as he looks and as good as he looks right now, you just don't know if he's going to break down at some point. Um, you know, the odds are against him staying healthy for 16 games, which is why, I'm sure Jonathan Gannon and, and his his defensive staff are, are going to monitor uh, BG's snaps and try not to overdo it with them, pick their spots. Um, yeah, you know, you mentioned leadership. I'll tell you, maybe not this year because he's a rookie, but the guy on that defense who's going to end up being that the leader. Oh, N'Kobe. N'Kobe. Uh, you know, when I talk to scouts and personnel people before the draft, I mean, they just raved about Nicole Dean's leadership ability, his intelligence. I mean, they said he could be president if he wants to one day. I mean, that's that's how you know that's how he's got to get. Is. He's got to be a reality TV star first. He's got to get on Hard Knocks first, <laughs> uh, or run for senator in Georgia. Maybe yeah. I don't know. <laughs> there you go. Damo, yeah. great stuff. We always appreciate when you come on. Looking forward to you. You're being a regular contributor over the year. We love your stuff on uh, jacobsports.com. Thanks for jumping aboard with us today. Thanks for having me, guys, and congratulations on 35 years. Uh, oh, I, yeah. I had the, 35 I had years. The, I had the over on that. Did you? Yeah. Uh, I, I know a whole bunch of people who had the under. <laughs> so uh, I'm glad somebody cashed. 
Damo, thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. Great. That's Paul Donwich. He writes for us at jacobsports.com, 33rd team, uh, Hall of Fame voter who, yeah, I got off. Sorry, I apologize for getting off on the no, Hall of Fame. Dan, I, I meant to get to Joe Klecko. I meant to poke you. I got another friend who's so obsessed with Joe Klecko getting in. Uh, I hope he gets in today. I'm a uh, Klecko guy. The three guys who have been banging the drum, Jody McDonald, Ray Dinger, Paul Donwich. Don't know if it's going to get done or not, but we have tried over the last however many years. All right. Uh, I usually have to do a quick exit stage left. My buddy, John McMullen, will come back with my other pal, Tone. Tone will be the guy who takes you to the finish line and puts a bow on the show. Keep it here on Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Welcome back to Birds 365. I'm your humble host, Tone DeSales II, and I'm joined by 
John McMullen, and I am filling in for Jody Mac. As he mentioned to you guys, I'm going to be closing up the show with you guys for the next couple days. And of course, I'm always grateful for the opportunity. And it's, I'm always grateful to kick it with my man, JM. How you feeling, man? Good, man. Good. Good to see you. I already saw you, but. <laughs> <laughs> and listen, I can never see you too much, JM. Never too much. But. I have to ask you something. You you brought up a topic that was pretty interesting to me. Um, and I don't know if you guys really touched on it as much as you possibly could, but I want to pick your brain about it more. Um, Marcus Epps, he did miss practice, uh, I believe, yesterday. And you said something that that intrigued me, the fact that if he's not there, you already saw how bad that defense can look. Um, can you expand on that and you know really just touch on the value of Marcus Epps right now, even though he is a young player still trying to prove himself, but clearly, yeah. clearly he already has a value on this team. Yeah, he does. I mean, he is, uh, as I mentioned, quickly to uh, uh, join the camp of the deference players, I like to call them. Those are the players that the Eagles want to keep healthy as much as possible, which is pretty amazing considering you know where he's come from. I, I don't want to sit here and overstate it and say Marcus Epps is, is a a great player. Um, he's still got a lot to prove. He's never been an NFL starter before. Um, there's a lot of, of projection when it comes to Marcus Epps uh, versus, um, you know, a proven ability to do things. Um, but he's very important for this team right now. Um and you kind of saw it when he was out yesterday. And to a certain degree, Anthony Harris, who's a more proven player, is in the same category as well because he's missed camp at times with uh, bouncing back from COVID. Also had uh, a quick dental issue where he's forced to miss a practice. And then you kind of see the Eagles sort of scrambling to find somebody else to take those first-team reps. It started out with Kayvon Wallace. They didn't like what they saw there. Obviously, they've since gone to Josiah Scott, who, as I said, was a cornerback two weeks ago. He was a slot corner. Um, and then they started moving him back to safety to take a look at him there. Um, Andre Sachery at times, now Reed Blankenship, who's an undrafted free agent. All these players have gotten first-team reps. Yesterday, it was three different players, Josiah Scott, first, um, then Reed Blankenship, then Kayvon Wallace. Um, it, it's not a good sign. That, to me, says the Eagles are rotating these players through, hoping somebody sort of grabs the brass ring, so to speak. Um, and Joukowsky Tart, you know, we, we joked about it earlier. There's some listeners, because of his history and because they know the name, um, he has not taken one first team rep all summer. He's been on the second and often the third team and he missed some practices because of uh, a personal issue that didn't help him right now. He's closer to not making this team than to making the team. And this is going to be a position where the Eagles might look to do something. They already brought in Ugo Amadi, but as I said, um, you know, Ugo, even though he's drafted as a safety in Seattle, played mostly slot corner. Um, he's a good special teams player. I think the Eagles brought him in more for that reason, special teams, than anything else. Um, they could still look at again at safety. Um, 
and we'll see as we get closer to the 53-man cutdown. Uh, but it's an issue. It, it's an issue, and it and you can see it when Epps and, and or Harris aren't there. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, when you bring up Joukowsky Tart, right? I mean, clearly he's uh, living up to that NFL acronym, not for long, right? You know, you're only as good as your last Sunday at football. And, uh, you know, when it comes to, you know, this team from a safe position as well, they're clearly throwing things at a wall, praying that it sticks. And it's not a good position to be in because it's not like they don't have the bodies. It's the fact that they don't know if anyone can actually measure up to the standard. And one of the bigger disappointments has been Kevon Wallace, a guy that was drafted, um, I believe, in the third or fourth round, something like that. And um, he had a he had a really productive uh, career at Clemson. He was team captain all four years. Um, he was more so that in the box style of safety that Malcolm Jenkins, that Brian Dawkins style. Not saying he's those guys, but just that style of play, playing in the box, being very physical. Um, yeah, being a vocal please leader. don't please don't compare those. Yeah, two. yeah, I know, right? You, you, have, you have you have to make sure you preface everything yeah. you say when it comes to Kevon Wallace. Um, but yeah, he's someone who's been a disappointment. And then the fact that they brought in Josiah Scott. Um, to be that hybrid guy, that, you know, they tried him out of that position. Just speaks to the, just speaks to the lack of trust uh, in this depth. But um, speaking of depth, um, the running back room, uh, especially, I'm getting nervous. Miles Sanders, his health is already starting to become a question. Kenny Gangwell, uh, is he capable of taking that next step? Uh, what what are the limitations on his game? Boston Scott, we know what he can provide, but they're missing that physicality in that running back room. They're missing someone who can uh, get that, you know, get that short yardage. And you saw that take shape in that preseason game against the Jets. They had no one that can really get the short yardage. Yeah, I mean, there are three positions. We just mentioned safety, running back, tight end as well, where you could still see some stuff happening. There could still be people from outside the organization uh, coming in here as we get closer to the cut down day and uh, week one in Detroit. Um, I find it very hard to believe that the Eagles are only going to keep three running backs on the final roster. Um, I don't think Jason Huntley did anything to stand out uh, against the Jets. He's a good kick returner, but I, I don't know if you can keep a guy just to be a kick returner. In fact, I know you can't. Uh, especially when you have to carry Jalen Rager. So there's a lot of dominoes that have to fall. Um, Kennedy Brooks, probably not ready, going to be on the practice squad. They they can find a running back, I think, you know, on the waiver wire, and I think that may be the route they go. But I, I'm not as concerned with Miles Sanders um, as most people. I think they're just being cautious from the injury perspective. Now, Look, that's his history over the past couple of years. He's going to miss a few games. Um, it'd be nice to count on him for 17 games. I'm more concerned about Kenny Gainwell because I don't think Kenny's had a good camp. I think when Miles has been out there, Miles has had, you know, a good camp. He's he's in shape. He he's, you know, clearly got a chip on his shoulder. Uh, wants to prove something. And I think he will prove something. Um, Kenny Gainwell, I think there was a, a big hope that he would take a, a, a pretty big leap forward in that year one to year two thought process. It's only practice, but I haven't seen it in practice yet. 
Maybe so, maybe he's a game player. Maybe he's a you know maybe shows up on Sundays, but it's right. a concern. So what do you think the disconnect is for Kenny Gainwell? I mean, he's a guy in a very good situation, an offense that's friendly to his game. Um, I'm trying to understand what what do you believe the disconnect is in his development? Uh, maybe maybe the expectations. I mean, you know, he was a fifth round pick. I you know I think. I talk about it this year with Nicobe Dean because he was projected as higher. There's, I think there's some people that almost expect him to be better. Um, he took a year off, remember with COVID his final season in Memphis. Um, they put a lot on his plates. I mean, I, third down back, I get it. Hurry up back. I get it. But, Short yardage back for Kenny Gainwell. I don't yeah. get that. Um, the biggest concern he's dropped. He dropped another pass yesterday, and that's supposed to be what he's good at. Um, I, you know, I've heard a lot of people say Austin Eckler. He could be that type of back. Maybe not a feature back like you know Jonathan Taylor or Nick Chubb or you know, Dalvin Cook, maybe not that kind of feature back, but a pretty good Austin Eckler type back. I don't know. Not to me. And when all that kerfuffle started with Miles Sanders and everybody was, they, he took second team reps, which he did, but that was just a rotation thing. And they're saying, well, maybe he's losing ground. He ain't losing ground. He's gaining <laughs> ground. He's more important to this team. He's, he's clearly, the best running back on this team. I, I guess for me, right. I'm trying to understand. I know Kenny Gainwell. He's a pass catching guy. You know, that's, you know, that's, that's been his calling card, but I feel like people are underestimating Boston Scott's ability to be valuable in the passing game. I mean, we've seen Boston Scott execute screen plays in Doug Peterson's offense. We've seen him, uh, you know, you know, catch passes for touchdowns, take it to the house. We've seen uh, Boston Scott just be a reliable uh, source of offense. Um, are, are there any signs that this offense or Nick Sirianni or Shane Steichen may think about using Boston Scott more in the passing game, I guess, to supplement um, their weaknesses? Um, not right now. I think, you know, my Boston is that role. I called him a utility player early in the show. That's what he is. Um, and he he always performs – and maybe at some point they'll they'll start to realize maybe he can be more than a utility player. He certainly can be against the Giants. <laughs> um, if he gets another opportunity, maybe he can build on it. But right now they consider him that utility player. When they need him, he's going to be there and he's going to perform. And, and maybe he is. Maybe he's the kind of guy who can perform in short bursts but the more he plays, he gets exposed. There's some uh, issues with his size, um, more his height, obviously. Um, that limits him a little bit, and I think that's the way the Eagles look at it. But he's a good backup running back. Yeah, hey, I guess when all else fails, right, break glass and Jordan Howard will come to the rescue. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't count on that, though, this one, this time. Okay. I think they want to move on. Uh, you're right. He's a good fit for this offense, but he's never healthy. And they, 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 they want somebody who can be healthy and they can probably find, they should be able to find that uh, on the waiver wire. And especially behind this offensive line. 
And on that note, you guys, we're going to begin to close out the show. Make sure you guys continue to support Jacob Sports by smashing that like button on the content. Make sure you guys continue to comment below and stay engaged in the live chat. We appreciate all the support you guys provide. And most importantly, make sure you guys are subscribed to the Jacob Sports YouTube channel and turn on that notification bell. Remember, it keeps you privy to whenever we drop content so you don't miss a beat. And on top of that, you guys, make sure you check out more from John McMullen. Paul Domowich and Joe Santaliquido on jkibsports.com. That's J-A-K-I-B sports.com. And make sure you guys stay on the lookout for the best post-game show that's coming soon to a television, to a stream near you. It's going to be broadcasted on our Jacob Sports YouTube channel and 6ABC. Uh, the Jacob Sports post-game show is going to have Seth Joyner, Mike Missinelli, Devin Caney, uh, Derek Gunn. we got some heavy hitters on there for you guys, so do not miss it. We're going to be live every single Eagles game day a few minutes after the show. Um, broadcasting live from Ocean Casino and Resort, where you can get all your sports betting done at the gallery. But without further ado, he's John McMullen. I'm Tone DeShields II. You guys were locked in on Birds 365. Take care, you guys. One love. Stay humble. Stay healthy. And most importantly, stay hungry. And we'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.